All right, legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting on very swiftly to the end of the Halloween franchise. This episode, we're talking about Halloween kills from 2021, and I have to say, out of this final trilogy that they've made at this point, and I've got no doubt in my mind, five or six years from now, the license is going to come up again, and somebody else is going to take another stab pun intended at the the Halloween franchise so this is very far from the end of these movies I think uh, they're going to be cash cows no matter what uh, even if got a film has got a poor response at the box office and the Halloween films they're still bigger bigger earners you know but uh you know, this one here for me, again, Halloween Kills, definitely my favourite out of this final trilogy. Uh, David Gordon Green directed and co-written with Danny McBride, Scott Thames. It is uh, a sequel to 2018's Halloween, of course. And it's the 12th movie in the franchise. Jimmy Lee Curtis is back. Uh... James Jude Courtney's there, who reprised their roles as Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Uh, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, and Will Patton also reprised their roles from the previous film. Anthony Michael Hall, Thomas Mann joining the cast in this one. Uh, it begins where the previous film ended, so tradition. Uh, the original Halloween and Halloween 2 were set essentially in the same night so we're keeping that up for this movie uh, it sees the it sees Laurie and her family continuing to fend off Michael uh, with the help of the Haddonfield community in this movie there is a certain section in this movie where I got strangely emotional towards a character in there that I wasn't expecting not even a character that's anything to really do with Laurie or her family or, or Michael. He's just a random patient that escaped along with Michael in the previous movie, but we all get there uh, as we go through this little review on it. Um, Jason Bloom served as producer on the film through his Bloom House production banner uh, alongside Malik Akkad. Uh, you know, that name is no stranger to the franchise. Um, yeah, um, where are we at? Uh, let's just get into the plot of this movie and we'll go back to some of the other details at the end. So, uh, we start on October 31st, back in 1978, and Deputy Frank Hawkins. He accidentally shoots his partner dead while trying to save him from Michael Myers. So, uh, um, good we start the movie. We flash back to that original setting. And he also prevents Dr. Loomis from executing Michael. Loomis put a gun to his head, was ready to take him out. And Frank Hawkins already on his own guilt trip for killing his own partner, doesn't want to see any more bloodshed so he steps in and actually saves Michael from a bullet to the head um, 40 years later on October 31st 2018 he has been stabbed and left for dead by Dr. 
Sartain. Uh, Hawkins is found by Cameron Elam and he calls an ambulance. Uh, of course, Hawkins now regrets allowing Michael to live and vows to kill him this time. Uh, while this is happening, Tommy Doyle, they're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Michael's imprisonment, having a big party at a local bar, along with fellow survivors Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace and uh, Lonnie Elam, having each survived an encounter with Michael back in 1978. So again, all the movies from the original Halloween movie just don't count at all when it comes to this trilogy here. Um... Halloween 2018 was a direct sequel to Halloween back in the 70s. So, um, yeah, um, where are we at? Firefighters responding to Laurie Strode's burning house encounter Michael and there. Of course, at the end of the last movie, they trapped him in the basement. Set fire to the house, but he's taking shelter in there. And, of course, the, the firemen come in looking for any survivors or anybody that's trapped in the burning building. And of course they find Michael who just takes under them, slaughters them with their own rescue equipment essentially. Uh, Laurie seen them, she's been taken to the hospital but on her way there she's seen the fire engines heading for her house and she was crying, no don't stop, just let it burn more or less. So uh, yes and again traditionally uh, Halloween 2 big, big part of it was set in the hospital. We get that again in this one. Um, so she's been taken with her daughter Karen and her granddaughter Alison to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital where she undergoes surgery for her injuries in the previous movie. Uh, Michael attacks Laurie's neighbours after he gets done with the firemen and begins his way back to Haddonfield. So Tommy, Marion, Lindsay and Lonnie at the bar, they learn of Michael's killing spree through an emergency alert and Tommy forms a, a mob of vengeful residents to hunt down and kill Michael. Uh, Karen is informed that Michael is still alive and withholds that information from Laurie in the hospital to allow her to recover uh, while her daughter, Alison, reconciles with her with Cameron, her ex-boyfriend, and joins Tommy's mob to avenge her own father's death. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really skipping across a lot of the details in this movie. Like it's uh, just going to hit some of the major points here. But uh, excellent, excellent movie. Um, so, uh, while warning the Haddonfield community to stay inside their houses, Marion and Barr patrons Vanessa and Marcus they're killed by Michael um, Lindsay escapes and is found alive by Tommy Lonnie Allison and Cameron of course uh, the group map out Michael's path and his victim's location um, they work out that he's heading towards his childhood home so Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital reunites with her former Haddonfield sheriff Lee Brackett, whose daughter Annie was killed in 78, and informs Laurie about Michael's survival back across town. Michael, he's still on his killing spree. And I think in this one, 
uh, I think the kill count's pretty high in this one. I didn't actually take a lot of time to actually count them up in this one, but I think it's definitely higher than the prior movie and probably one of the highest in total for the series. I might be wrong on that there, but if, it's, if I'm not right, it's close. There's not much in it. Um, Michael murders uh, the current owners of his home uh, as Laurie is preparing to leave the hospital. Um, so the guy that I was talking about in the first, at the start of this episode, Lance Tavali, I want to say, I hope I'm pronouncing that surname properly. He's a fugitive convict from Smith's Grove Hospital and he escaped along with Michael when the bus crashed in the prior movie. He arrives at the hospital and he's lost, he doesn't know what he's doing and he comes there essentially looking for help in this movie and he's mistaken for Michael Myers. Uh, Tommy's mob that he's put together, they start to pers pursue him through the hospital before Karen realises that he's not Michael. Uh, she tries to help him, get him to safety, but uh, the you know she's trying to calm the mob down, trying to say, look, it's not Michael, it's not him, leave him be, more or less. But they're like evil days tonight, evil days tonight, and the whole chanting thing is going on. He gets trapped at one point in a hallway. Um, well, he's locked in there for his own safety, so there's this long hallway at the top floor of the hospital and uh, he is in this corridor and there's glass double doors at either side of it they're locked down the mob can't get in but they're they're beating and trying to break their way through the doors to get to him and uh, he's panicking and the uh, I wonder is there a listen for the guy's name here? Um, no, I'm not actually. There's a list of actors' names here, of course, but the characters they play aren't listed in the notes that I'm looking at at the moment. So, uh, the actor that played this guy in the movie does a fantastic job of just been terrified beyond belief about what these guys are trying to do to him, and uh, he breaks out a window and jumps to his death, basically. Uh, Laurie urges Karen to work with Tommy and Brackett to hunt Michael down. Uh, again, that, that guy's performance was was great. Um, something that I wasn't expecting in this movie. But, uh, yeah, the terror in his eyes in those final moments is just like... Uh, you know, I can't, these guys are going to kill me, so I'm going to take myself out before they get me. It's, it's just that level of desperation and his performance, bringing it to life, was absolutely perfect. So, uh, right, let's get back to it. Uh, Laurie urges Karen, her daughter, to work with Tommy and Brackett to hunt down Michael. Um, we caught over to Lonnie entering Michael's home alone. He's killed by him. Allison and Cameron rush inside to find his corpse before being attacked by Michael, who murders Cameron. As Michael prepares to kill Allison, Karen appears in the hallway at the door of the house, stabs him in the back with a pitchfork, and steals his mask and uh, taunts him to follow her. 
So uh, she saves her daughter, gets out of there, Michael follows her, and she leads Michael into the mob that Tommy has created to hunt him down, who seemingly kill Michael. They, they get into him, beating him to the ground, and give him the hammering of his life. Um, and the thing that jumped out to me in this one here was Michael seems completely powerless. You know, I think it's a given whenever you're watching these movies. He's got the iconic mask. And when she takes the mask from him, she gets the upper hand of him because he needs that mask to be the the killer that he is, essentially. So um, he gets the mask back on him. He gets the beating. Uh, they think they have him killed, but, you know, of course, nobody bothers to check him properly. Uh, when the mob starts to disperse, Michael awakens and massacres everybody that's standing there, including Tommy and Brackett. And uh, the it's a great, great ending to this movie. And it almost, in a way... For me, watching this, like, everybody's watching the movie, no matter what, whether it be a horror, whatever it may be, you know, everybody takes their own thing from whatever movies they be watching. And for me, this kind of set Michael up as having that kind of weird, supernatural power and set up at the end of this movie, which I think would have been great to delve into a little bit more and upcoming movies, you know, I thought they were going to, at the end of this here, after having taken such a beating and getting up and taking everybody out, without even breaking a sweat, really, at the end of it, uh, I was just kind of reminded of um, Friday the 13th, whenever they brought the supernatural element, really, under the character of uh, What's-His-Face. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on him, Jason Voorhees. Uh, so that's what I was hoping was going to happen in the next movie. Of course, we're only going to get a trilogy, but it would have been nice to explore that option with Michael. And you, you could make the argument there is sort of a supernatural element to Michael Myers as well, but nothing that's really been put into concrete in my mind, having watched these again. Um, he's just a, a nutcase. So back at the Myers house... Karen's in there and she sees a vision of a young Michael in Judith Meyer's old bedroom and goes up the stairs to investigate. And at that point, Michael appears, stabs Karen to death. Uh, the last we see of Laurie in the movie, she's staring out her hospital room while her daughter's been slaughtered. We're cutting back and forth between that. And, you know, at the end of the movie, Michael is standing in the bedroom and he's staring out the window, but there was something that was said within the movie about the, Michael whenever he was a child, that all he did was stand in that window looking out, but uh, the question was asked, you know, was he actually looking out the window or was he looking at his own reflection in the window, and we get that at the end of this movie, with the grown-up Michael again standing at this window, and he's looking out, you see it from his point of view essentially and then the camera kind of you know readjusts itself takes that background fades it slightly and then you see that he's actually looking at his own reflection 
in the window, and that's where we cut to the end of the film. Absolutely fantastic. I had a great time with this movie. Um, I've said before, if you've been following this podcast, that, you know, the Halloween movies, Halloween franchise was never really one that really appealed to me. And in all honesty, the vast majority of these movies, having watched them for this podcast, have been a bit of a, a chore to get through most of them. But uh, glad that I've done them at this point. Um, I've actually jumped ahead at this point. I've actually watched Halloween Ends. So we'll be doing that next Monday. All been well. Of course, this episode's late as usual. Absolute disgrace. Uh, you'd think if I took the time to set up a podcast, I would actually be consistent with it. So let me see uh, what else we got here as far as the details of the movie goes. It had a budget of $20 million. And at the box office, it made 133.4 million. So yeah, cash cows. Once again, they are what they are. Um, let me see. Uh, before the release of the film, McBride confirmed that he and Green were originally intended to pitch two films that would be shot back to back, and then decided against it, waiting to see their reaction to the first film, uh, following the critical commercial success of the 2018 film. Development on the sequel promptly began in October 2018 by February 2019. Uh, Teens was hired uh, to co-write the script. The film's title was officially announced in July 2019 along with its sequel. Uh, Principal photography began in uh, 2019 in Wilmington, North Carolina and concluded in November. So the following year, due to what happened in 2021, we all know what it is. I'm not going to name it by name, because it's one of these things right now where you know, these podcasts would be grand, heading out and SoundCloud and that sort of thing, but they do go to YouTube as well. So there are certain terms that I can't say properly, but uh, we all know what happened in 2021 and the situation that the whole planet found itself in. Uh, Halloween Kills had its world premiere uh, at the 78th Venice International Film Festival on September 8th, 2021, and was theatrically released in the United States on October 15th, 2021. Uh, it also streamed simultaneously on paid tiers of Peacock for 60 days. And that's something that I've enjoyed since 2021 is getting the opportunity to get that home premiere as well. I love nothing more than going to a cinema and watching a movie on the big screen, but you know, sometimes it's just something nice but chilling out on your own couch and watching a movie, and it's, it's been nice to actually get the opportunity to do that. I have to say, uh, I like having that option. Um... The film was a box office success, again grossing over 133 million worldwide against a budget of 20 million, and received mixed reviews from critics. Um, the sequel, Halloween Ends, was released on October 14th, 2022. So, yeah, I again had a great time with this movie, and uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna touch on Halloween Ends at this point. But uh, it is what it is. But for me, the only thing I'm going to say is this. Halloween Kills was definitely my favourite out of this last trilogy that they made. Um, 
a lot of good points in this. And yeah, if I say any more, I'm just going to start destroying what I'm going to be saying in the next Halloween review on the, the channel next Friday. So come back, tune in for that there if you're into the movies, horror movies and that. And we're also, of course, if you're following the channel, if this happens to be your first time listening to the podcast, we're, we're doing uh, episode reviews of both Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that's uh, spin off Angel at the moment. So they could be hit and miss, I'm pretty sure, at this point for a lot of people. But the, the original concept of this podcast was going to be just like a, a Buffy and Angel sort of podcast on its own. But of course, if you're going to do those sorts of reviews, you might as well do everything horror related. So it is what it is at this point. If you don't fancy the, those episode reviews in the moment they're coming out, all been well. The upload schedule for this show should be Buffy on a Monday, Angel on a Wednesday, and horror movies on a Friday. So if it's just the horror movies you're into, please come back and the the Friday releases. But uh, I would appreciate it if you did come back for everything else. Uh, it is what it is. So if you want to get in contact with the show, uh, Gmail, uh, hellmouthhotline at gmail.com. Uh, please share on the the show, written review at all that good social media stuff. I love you forever. So until the next episode, whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing it safe, and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.